Hello and welcome to the Commander's Contingencies podcast, where today we're going to be talking about a Feather Tokens deck and a Charade deck. Alright, I'm just going to briefly go over the rules for people who do not know. So, the idea, the goal of the Commander Quest is to make a Magic the Gathering Commander deck. Every single card in Magic the Gathering. So, there are roughly 20,000 cards in Magic that I can play legally. So, the idea is if I make Commander decks with those cards in them, with no duplicates, in 300 ca- about about 300 decks, I will have made a Commander deck with every single card in Magic the Gathering. That is the, goal, the eventual goal. And these are just decks that I'm brewing to begin the challenge. Alright, so I'm going to start with a quick disclaimer. Uh, this episode is my placeholder episode. If I am ever busy or something, I will post this episode That way I will still have an episode for that week. Um, So this means that if there's any current news, I will not say it in this episode. This also means that certain things that I say may not be relevant anymore. But anyways, let's get into the deck. Because... I do not know what will be happening at the moment at which this is releasing. I'm just going to go straight into the decks. Um, So, I have two decks, and I'm going to start off with the Feather deck. Feather the Redeemed is red, white, white for a 3-4 angel. And it says... Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets a creature you control, exile that card instead of putting it into your graveyard as it resolves. If you do, return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. So basically, I can just cast my instants and sorceries over and over and over again on my creatures. Alright, so... First thing, uh, I am running all basics, 13 mountains, and 25 planes. So this deck is focused around tokens and flicker and draw. It's kind of like a mash of all the themes with Feather. Mostly this is a flicker deck, but it has sub-themes of draw and of tokens. The sub-themes of tokens comes because the creatures I'm flickering, the vast majority majority of the value that I get from the flickering is creating tokens. Plus, I'm running many creatures that when targeted will pump my whole team. That way, I have the token theme and I have the flicker theme. So it all just kind of melds together really nicely and synergizes really well. Uh, all right. So I'm going to get into the cards. First, we have a Hero of the Nyxborn. One red-white for an enchantment creature, human soldier. Uh, 2-2. When Hero of the Nyxborn enters the battlefield, 
create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token. And whenever you cast a spell that targets Hero of the Nyxborn, creatures you control get plus 1 plus 0 until end of turn. So again, this flick, I can flicker it over and over again to get more tokens, plus I can pump my tokens once I have a lot of them. Uh, next we have a Crowan Conscriptor, which is four and a red for creature human shaman, 3-2. Heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets a Crowan Conscriptor, gain control of another target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature it gains haste until end of turn. Uh, I am running uh, all all of the heroic cards that I can in this deck because I don't think they would be playable, or almost all of them. Uh, I they real they wouldn't really be playable in other decks, but they work pretty well in this deck and they synergize nicely. Uh, next, I have a Crown Crusader, which is red for a one one creature human soldier and it has heroic uh whenever you cast a spell that targets a crow and crusader create a one one red soldier creature token with haste uh from now on i'm not gonna say what heroic is i'm just gonna assume that you know what it does uh a crow and line breaker is two and a red for two one heroic it gets plus two plus oh and intimidate until end of turn a Crowan Skyguard is one and a white for a 1-1 flying. Heroic, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Anax and Siamede, one red white for a 3-2 for strike vigilance. Heroic, creatures that control get plus one plus zero and gain trample until end of turn. Um, that is, most of them are just small amounts of value I can incidentally get. But Anax and Siamede is great because I can pump my tokens. Uh, Arena Athlete is one in a red for a creature human. 2-1 Heroic. Target creature and opponent controls can't block this turn. Uh, Captain of the Watch. 4 white white for 3-3 three, three Vigilance. Human Soldier. Other soldier creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1 and have Vigilance. And when it enters the battlefield, create three 1-1 one, one soldiers. So if I flicker this over and over again, I can get three 1-1s one, every single time I flicker it. Plus they become 2-2s two with its anthem. Uh, next we have Dockside Extortionist. Dockside Extortionist is one in a red for 1-2 creature goblin pirate. And when it enters the battlefield, create X treasure tokens where X is the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control. Um, this is great because I can flicker it over and over again and I can just get treasure which I can use for mana. It's just a way that I can get a lot of mana and maybe use that mana if I'm trying to go off on a later turn or something. And I can stockpile it. I don't have to use it the turn that I get that mana because it's treasure. Uh, next up is Elite Skirmisher. Elite Skirmisher is 2 and a white for 3 1 heroic. Tap a creature. Tap target creature. Evangel of Heliod is 4 white white for creature human cleric 1 3. Uh, put a number of 1 1. When it enters the battlefield, put a number of 1 1 white soldier creature tokens uh, onto the battlefield where uh, equal to your devotion to white. So, baseline, I'll get two, 
from a Vangel of Heliod. Uh, and if I'm flickering it with Feather out, I'll get four because Feather has it. And so baseline, I'm almost always probably going to get four, but most likely I'll he have even more, which is amazing. Being able to get four every single time I flicker it and just for six mana the first time and even cheaper the next times is great. Next, we have Flame Tongue Kavu. Flame Tongue Kavu is three in a red for creature, creature Kavu, uh, four two. And when it enters the battlefield, it deals four damage to target creature. I am just running this for removal and I can flicker it over and over again for removal. Goblin Dark Dwellers. Goblin Dark Dwellers is three red red for a 4-4 Goblin with Menace. Uh, when Goblin Dark Dwellers enters the battlefield, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that card would be put into exile, into your, into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So, the trick with this is that because of Feather, it'll just get exiled and you can bring it back to your hand. So, when it enters, you can cast target instant or sorcery from your graveyard and then it'll come right back to your hand. Uh, next is Goblin Goliath. Goblin Goliath is four red red for a five four creature goblin mutant. When Goblin Goliath enters the battlefield, create a number of 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens equal to the number of opponents you have. So most likely three. And then three, tap. If a source you control would deal damage to an opponent this turn, it deals double that damage to that player instead. I'm not sure how exactly that would synergize because it can only have one source to one player. And most of the damage that I would do in this deck would be really spread out. Uh, but maybe that might be helpful. Uh, goblin Matron is two and a red for a one, one creature goblin. When Goblin Matron enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a goblin card, reveal that card, put it into your hand and shuffle your library. So uh, there's also Goblin Recruiter, which is one and a red for a one, one creature goblin. When Goblin Recruiter comes into play, search your library for any number of goblin cards you choose, reveal those cards, then shuffle your library and put that on top of it in any order you choose. Alright, so what you're gonna grab with those cards is Zada, Hedron Grinder. Zada, Hedron Grinder is three in a red for legendary creature goblin ally, three three. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only Zada Hedron Grinder, copy that spell for each other creature you control that spell could target. Each copy targets a different one of those creatures. This way, the cards that I'm casting target everything. It's great. Uh, next, we have Hero of the Games. Hero of the Games is two and a red for creature human soldier, three, two. And when you, whenever you cast a spell that targets hero of the games, creatures you control get plus one, 
plus O until end of turn. Next up is Hero of the Pride. Hero of the Pride is one in a white for a 2-2. Two, two. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Hero of the Pride, creatures you control get plus one plus O until end of turn. Knight Captain of Eos is four and a white for a 2-2. Two, two. When it comes into play, create two one ones and I can two one one soldiers. And I could pay a white, sacrifice a soldier, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. So it's a fog. And I can flicker it over and over again so I can fog repeatedly. Next up, we have Labyrinth Champion. Labyrinth Champion is three and a red for two, two. Heroic, it deals two damage to target creature or player. Uh, Lena, Selfless Champion, is four white, white for three, three human knight and when it enters the battlefield create a 1/1 one, one white soldier creature token for each non-creature token non-creature you control so bare minimum with just this and feather you'll get two which is good enough but most likely you'll probably get at least three which is baseline what you want to be getting for six mana on an ETB it's great uh, you can also sacrifice Lena, and creatures you control with power less than Lena gain indestructible until end of turn. Lena is a 3 3. Um, sacrifice ability can help protect your stuff. Uh, sadly, it does not protect Feather, though, which is too bad. Uh, Leonin Iconoclast is 3 and a white for a creature cat month. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Leonin Iconoclast, Destroy target enchantment creature and opponent controls. I'm just running it because it's heroic. Uh, next we have Mirror Wing Dragon. Mirror Wing Dragon is three red red for a four five creature dragon flying. Whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell that targets only Mirror Wing Dragon, that player copies that spell for each other creature he or she controls that the spell could target. Each copy targets a different one of those creatures. So if I cast a spell on Mirror Wing Dragon, it'll copy to all of my creatures. If an opponent casts a spell, it'll copy to all of their creatures. Uh, that is how that works. Uh, next is Phalanx Leader. Phalanx Leader is white, white for a 1-1 one, one creature human soldier. Heroic. Uh, put a plus one, plus one. Sorry. Put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Uh, Pia and Kieran Nalar is two red red for two two legendary creature human artificer. When Pia and Kieran Nalar enters the battlefield, create two one one colorless Thopter artifact creature tokens with flying. And two in a red, sacrifice an artifact. Pia and Kieran Nalar deals two damage to any target. Uh, next, that's great. Again, I can flicker it over and over again, and it can be removal. Next up, we have Precursor Golem. Precursor Golem is five for an artifact creature golem. When a player, whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell that targets only a single golem, copy that spell for each golem it could copy it can target each copy targets a different one of those 
Go alums. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah. It just means that my I can cast the things over and over again. And if I can also just flicker everything. Uh, it doesn't really, I don't ever end up with more because it will flicker my tokens too. And flickering tokens means that they're gone. But it's still nice. Uh, next we have Reverend Hoplite. Reverend Hoplite is four and a white for a creature human soldier. Whenever Reverend Hoplite enters the battlefield, sorry, when Reverend Hoplite enters the battlefield, create a number of 1-1 human, white human soldier creature tokens equal to your devotion to white. Four and a white, it's a 1-2. So, with Feather, I can be creating two for five mana, which is a great rate, and I might even be able to get more. Next up, we have Seder Hoplite, which is red for a 1-1 heroic, put a plus one plus one counter on Seder Hoplite. Uh, Satessin Battle Priest is one in a white for a 1-3 creature human cleric with heroic, put a gain to life. Uh, Siege Gang Commander is 3 red red for Creature Goblin, 2-2. Two, two. When Siege Gang Commander enters the battlefield, create 3 one, one red goblin creature tokens. And 1 in a red sacrifice goblin. Got Siege Gang Commander deals 2 damage to any target. Uh, Solemn Simulacrum is 4 for an artifact creature golem, 2-2. Two, two. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card. Put that card onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. And when it dies, you may draw a card. Tethmos High Priest is 2 and a white for a 2-3 creature cat cleric. And whenever you cast a spell that targets Tethmos High Priest, Return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, next up, we have Vanguard of Brymaz. Vanguard of Brymaz is two is white white for a two two vigilance creature cat soldier, and it's it has heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Vanguard of Brymaz, put a 1-1 white cat soldier creature token with Vigilance onto the battlefield. Uh, it's great. Um, Wingsteed Rider, 1 white white for a 2-2 flying heroic. Put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it. Young Pyromancer is 1 in a red for 2-1 whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell. Create a 1-1 one, one red elemental creature token. Most of these fall in one of two camps. Either they profit from heroic, meaning whenever I target them, I get some sort of benefit. Or they give me tokens, or they pump my tokens. Mostly, that way I can flicker it, I can get tokens, I can get value, and I can beat down with my pumped tokens, and I can draw so many different things I can do. All right, uh, 
I'm going to get into the instance and sorceries. First up, I'll do sorceries. I have red for a sorcery, renegade tactics, target creature can't block this turn, draw a card. Uh, draw a card is great because I can do it over and over again. Plus, I might even be able to replicate it with either mirror wing dragon or Zada or um, pre Precursor Golem. Uh, next up we have Ryle. Ryle is red for sorcery. Ryle deals one damage to target creature you don't you control. That creature gains trample until end of turn and draw a card. I am running both of those just because they say draw a card. Being able to cast something for one mana over and over and over again to draw a card every single time is quite good. Uh, next up, we have Settle Beyond Reality. Settle Beyond Reality is four and a white for sorcery. Choose one or both. Exile target creature you don't control, and exile target creature you, d you control, and then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. So, I can do that. I can target one of my creatures and flicker it and get value from that. And I can target an opponent's creature and then I'll get this Settle Beyond Reality back so every single turn I can get rid of an opponent's creature. That is great. Uh, next up, we have the instance. As same as the sorceries, basically. For the instance that I'm running, they fall into mostly two categories. One would be flickering my creatures so that I can get value. And the second one is if they say draw a card. That way I can cast it over and over and I can get value from my uh, heroic. Uh, if they say draw, sorry, if they say draw a card and they target a creature control. Acrobatic Maneuver is two and a white for an instant. Exile target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. And draw a card. It's great, because it does both the things that I want it to for only three mana, and then I just get it right back to do it over and over again. Oh, and there's also the third category, which is I have a couple of extra protection spells in here. Uh, Johnny's Presence. Johnny's presence is white for an instant. Strive. Johnny's presence costs two and a white more to cast for each target beyond the first. Uh, and any number of target creatures gain a plus one plus one and gain indestructible until end of turn. So if you choose multiple targets, Johnny's presence will still work. Uh, sorry, the feather trigger will still work. You will still be able to get it back uh so it's just good protection and if you want to get in some extra damage maybe it'll get replicated and pump your whole team it can help with that too but it's also great for triggering my heroic abilities next up we have a crimson wisps crimson wisps is red 
for an instant, target creature becomes red and gains haste until end of turn. Draw a card. Defiant Strike. Defiant Strike is white for an instant. Target creature gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. Draw a card. Eerie Interlude. Eerie Interlude is two and a white for an instant. Exile any number of target creatures you control. Return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. It's the same idea. All of these are relatively the same idea. Either they draw or they flicker. Um, next up, we have Ephemerate. Ephemerate is white for an instant. Exile target creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control, and then rebound. If you cast this spell from your hand, exile it as it resolves. At the beginning of, your, of the next upkeep, you may cast this card from exile without paying its mana cost. Alright, so, for the Feather Redeemed ability and the Rebound ability, you get to stack the triggers of which one happens first. If you stack the triggers so that the rebound is first, it will get exiled, and then feathers will not trigger, and it will not resolve, because there will be no targets. Next is Expedite. Expedite is red for an instant. Target creature gains haste until end of turn. Draw a card. Fists of Flame is one in a red for an instant. Draw a card. Until end of turn, target creature gains trample and gets plus one plus zero for each card you've drawn this turn. Ghost Way. Ghost Way is two and a white for an instant. Remove each creature you control from the game. Return those creatures to play under their owner's control at the end of turn. This is just about mass flicker. Uh, I do not get to do it over and over again, sadly. But I get to flicker everything. Um... I don't, I also don't get to choose, um, so, uh, sadly, I do lose my tokens. This is much better early, it, this is mostly here as protection, so I can just take my whole board out and then bring it right back in, uh, but it can also be good early game if I'm trying to get all of the ETB triggers at once. Um, next we have God's Willing. God's Willing is white for an instant. Target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. Scry 1. Again, protection. Uh, Graceful Reprieve is 1 in a white for an instant. Whenever target creature dies this turn, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Uh, so this is, again, protection, but it's great because the protection can flicker it. Like, if it would die, I just get to bring it back. So, that way I can have the ETB again. Next, we have Justi Justiciar's Portal. Justiciar's Portal is one in a white for an instant. Exile target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. It gains first strike until end of turn. Long Road Home is one in a white for an instant. Exile target creature at the beginning of the next end step. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control with a plus one plus one counter on it. Nivius Wisps is white for an instant. Target creature becomes white until end of turn. Tap that creature. Draw a card. Otherworld, otherworldly Journey. Uh, one in a white for an instant. Arcane. Exile target creature 
the beginning of the next end step, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control with a plus one plus one counter on it. Phalanx Tactics. Phalanx taxes, Tactics is one in a white for an instant. Target creature you control gets plus two plus one until end of turn. Each other creature you control gets plus one plus one until end of turn. Uh, that is great. Um, yeah, because I can target it and I can pump my whole team. Next, we have Sarkhan's Triumph, which is two and a red. For an instant, search your library for a dragon creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So what you're going to grab with this is Mirror Wing Dragon. Mirror Wing Dragon is three red red for a dragon and it says if you would if a player would cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets mirror wing dragon that targets only mirror wing dragon that player copies that spell for each other creature he or she controls that the spell could target each copy targets a different one of those creatures and it is a four five uh next up we have Shelter. Shelter is one in a white for an instant. Target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. Draw a card. Sheltering light. White for an instant. Target creature gains indestructible until the end of turn. Scry one. Uh, stun. One in a red for an instant. Target creature can't block this turn. Draw a card. So these are all, again, protection or flicker or removal. It's all the same ideas and they all work great in the deck. So there are a couple of notable things about this deck, including that it is surprisingly playable. I know what you're thinking. I have such limited cards. How could I possibly make a playable deck that doesn't make any sense? And you're partially correct, but the cards in the deck aren't playable. The deck is playable, and that is what makes this deck so amazing. I get so many unplayable cards out of the way, and I just come out with an amazing deck. It's great. Uh, so that is the full deck. Uh, themes work pretty well and it is only a $90 deck. Uh, I do think this deck is a little bit pushed. And the next time that I decide to make some type of heroic or targeting creature related deck, I might have to adjust this deck a little bit. But I think it is a very well-balanced deck and the ratios of normal playability versus this deck playability are incredibly high. The next deck up to bat is Sheree, Shizo's Caretaker. Sheree, Shizo's Caretaker is four and a black for a legendary creature spirit. Whenever a creature with power one or less is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may return that card to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. If Sheree, Shizu's character is still on the battlefield. And I have 37 swamps in this deck. 
simple simple land base all right so this deck is focused literally the entire deck is just cards that have power one or less and sacrifice outlets uh i wanted to run a lot of ramp in this deck but i have so much limited ramp that i just decided not to include any because i couldn't include any that wouldn't just be staple ramp so hopefully i can find a solution to that in the future um but currently it is a massive struggle in my decks to get proper ramp and proper draw but let's get into the deck anyways again i have 62 cards 62 creatures in the deck so i think next in the future i'm gonna try to go a little bit more with a little bit less creatures because the decks i've built so far are very heavily creature focused obviously i don't know when this is going to be released so i don't know whether that is true anymore but of the ones that i built before the time of this recording they are all heavily creatures focused and I have a lot more creatures than I do other types. But, anyways, this deck is 62 creatures. Uh, it is 60, yes. It is very much uh, drastic. Um, I would like to play less creatures and more of other types, but I simply didn't find effects out of it that synergized well enough um next okay let's just get into the deck first i have a lampad of death's vigil lampad of death's vigil is one and a black for one three enchantment creature new one sacrifice a creature each opponent loses a life and you gain a life um it's just a sack outlet uh, that is super janky, so I'm not using them all up. Alright, we have Abyssal Gatekeeper. Abyssal Gatekeeper is one in a black for creature horror. When Abyssal Gatekeeper dies, each player sacrifices a creature. So this means that I can sacrifice another one of my things with tough or with power one or less. Me because all of my sacrifice outlets use mana. In order to keep playable sacrifice outlets, I get to sacrifice another one without having to pay. And all my opponents have to sacrifice. Uh, next up, we have Ashen Skin Zubra. One and a black for a 1-2 creature Zubra spirit. When Ashen Skin Zubra is put into a graveyard from play, target opponent discards a card for each Zubra put into a graveyard from play this turn. So, target opponent discards a card. I don't have any other Zubra. Um, maybe in the future I'll make a Zubra deck, but I don't think there's enough Zubra in Magic for that to be viable. Big Game Hunter is one black black for 1-1. One, one. When Big Game Hunter enters the battlefield, destroy target creature with power 4 or greater. It can't be regenerated. Again, 
same ideas as usual. I'm running cards that either have triggers when they die or when I sacrifice them or when they enter the battlefield. And cards that allow me to sacrifice my creatures. And Sheree just brings everything back. So I just get these effects over and over and over again. I get huge, huge amounts of value. Alright, next up we have Black Cat. Black Cat is one in a black for a 1-1 zombie cat. When a black cat dies, target opponent discards a card at random. And it is a 1-1. Blister Beetle is one in a black for creature insect. When Blister Beetle comes into play, target creature gets negative 1, negative 1 until end of turn. And it's a 1-1. Uh, next we have Blood Host. Three, black, black for a three, three, one in a black, sacrifice another creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on Blood Host, and you gain two life. Bone Shredder. Two in a black for creature minion. One, one, flying. Echo. At the beginning of your upkeep, if this came into under your control since the beginning of the last upkeep, sacrifice it unless you pay its echo cost. And when Bone Shredder enters the battlefield, Destroy target artif non-artifact, non-black creature. Alright, so how this works is I play Bone Shredder. The beginning of my next upkeep, I sacrifice it to the Echo. Then it comes back at the end step due to the Echo. And then on my upkeep, it comes back from... And then I can sack it again on my upkeep. So every end step of my turn... I can destroy target non-artifact, non-black creature. Um, obviously, it's now every single turn like I get with the sack outlet and most of these creatures, but without requiring a sack outlet and having the amazing effect of being able to destroy creatures, that's pretty good. All right, we have Burglar Rat. Burglar Rat is one in a black. For a 1-1 creature rat, when burglar rat enters battlefield, each opponent discards a card. When you are recurring this every single turn, and each opponent has to discard a card every single turn, it adds up really quickly. Your opponents will run out of cards in one or two turns. That ends the game for them really quickly. Uh, another note about this deck, as you know, if you have a charade deck, it is very difficult to win the game. Uh, not actually to win, like, you can pretty easily get into a situation where you control the board and your opponents cannot win. But, in order to actually win the game, it is very difficult. Uh, I don't have a great solution to this. But I am running a lot of creatures so I can attack people. I'm also running a couple extra damage effects, but it is still difficult if you do not draw those. Uh, next up, we have Cadaver Imp. Cadaver Imp is one in a black for a flying 1 1. And when it enters the battlefield, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. It's good to be able to get back the things that died in the past uh in general your creatures should be safe 
but if they die before you play out Sheree, then you might need to get them back. But you also have to be careful with your creatures and how, how, um, and whether, when you want to play them. Uh, it's way too situation dependent for me to put any rules on it, but you just have to be careful because you don't want to lose all of your creatures. Uh, next we have Cauldron Familiar. Cauldron Familiar is black for a 1-1. When Cauldron Familiar enters the battlefield, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And you can sacrifice a food to return Cauldron Familiar from your graveyard to the battlefield. Basically, it's just life drain that can have happen every single turn. Alright, next up we have Chimney Imp. Chimney Imp is for a black for 1-2 with flying. Whenever it's put into a graveyard from play, target opponent puts a card from his or her hand on top of his or her library. So it's similar to discard, except that they get the card back. Now it would seem a lot worse, but at the end of the day, there's still it's still card disadvantage. I'm still getting rid of a card that they would potentially have. So it's still quite good. Next, we have Corrupt Court Official. Corrupt Court Official is four and a black, one and a black for a one-one creature advisor. When Corrupt Court Official comes into play, your opponent chooses and discards a card from his or her hand. That way, I i mean, it's just another effect. Uh, Corrupted Harvester is four black black for a six three creature horror. Black, sacrifice a creature, regenerate Corrupted Harvester. It's another sacrifice outlet. Uh, it costs a black, which is unfortunate, but at least it's not multiple mana. Plus, I have to, I have to save my good sacrifice outlets um next up we have death greeter death greeter is black for a one one creature human shaman whenever another creature dies you may gain a life uh next is disciple of phoenix disciple of phoenix is two black black for a creature human cleric when Disciple of Phoenix, Phoenix enters battlefield, target opponent reveals a number of cards from his or her hand equal to your devotion to black. You choose one of them, that player discards that card. So basically, because it's two black and because Sheree is one black, um, at the end of the day, it's just a slightly better target opponent discards a card. Um, because it's too black, it's always that. Um, but with Sheree, it's probably three. Um, it's not as good as you just choosing, but it can be sometimes. It, yeah. Uh, Doomed Dissenter. When Doomed Dissenter dies, create a 2 2 black zombie creature token, and it's one in a black for 1 1. Uh, Dusk. Legion Zealot. When Dusk Legion Zealot enters the battlefield, 
draw a card and you lose a life, and it's one in a black for a 1-1 vampire soldier. Next is Dutiful Attendant. Dutiful Attendant is two in a black for a creature human warrior, 1-2. When Dutiful Attendant dies, return another target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Again, same as usual, more removal. Festering Goblin. Festering Goblin is a black for a 1-1. When Festering Goblin dies, target creature gets negative 1, negative 1 until end of turn. Uh, it's again, more removal, but super slow. Like, if I have multiple of them, then I can start getting rid of stuff. Uh, Festering Mummy is black for 1-1. One, one. When Festering Mummy dies, you may put a negative 1, negative 1 counter on target creature. I can get rid of creatures like that. Festering Newt is black for a 1-1 one, one. creature Salamander. When Festering Newt dies, target creature an opponent controls gets negative 1, negative 1 until end of turn. That creature gets negative 4, negative 4 instead if you control a creature named bog brew witch i do not have bog brew witch in its deck uh fourth bridge prowler is two and a black for a one one creature human rogue and when it enters the battlefield you may have target creature get negative one negative one until end of turn fume spitter is black for creature horror sacrifice fume spitter put a negative one negative one counter on target creature. Uh, this, I can sacrifice it by itself, so I don't need a sacrifice outlet. And every single turn, I can put a negative one, negative one counter on a creature. It's great. Uh, next up, we have Grim Harrispex. Grim Harrispex is two and a black for a three two. Whenever another non-token creature you controls control dies draw a card and it has more for a black you may cast this card face down as a 2-2 creature for three turn it face up any time for its morph cost its morph cost is a single black next up we have grim physician grim physician is black for a 1-1 whenever grim physician dies put target creature gets negative one negative one until end of turn next up we have gutless ghoul gutless ghoul is two and a black for two two snow creature zombie one sacrifice a creature you gain two life hooded assassin is two and a black for one two when hooded assassin enters the battlefield choose one either put a plus one plus one counter on it or destroy target creature that was dealt damage this turn. Infectious Host is two and a black for one one. When infection, Infectious Host is put into a graveyard from play, target player loses two life. Uh, that's great. Uh, it's a way to drain away my opponent's life. Iron Bully. Iron Bully is three for a one one. Menace. This creature can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. And when Iron Bully enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. 
Next up, we have Kite Sail Freebooter. Kite Sail Freebooter is one in a black for one two flying. When Kite Sail Freebooter enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a non-creature non-land card from it. Exile that card until Kite Sail Freebooter leaves the battlefield. All right, so sadly, uh, it, Kite Sail Freebooter does have a um, ruling that if it would leave the battlefield before the enter the battlefield would trigger, you still, you do not get to exile a card, which is really unfortunate. Uh, it makes the debt, it makes the card not work very well, but still running it because I can just recur it over and over again. The effect doesn't work great. Overall, I just get to exile one card and I don't even get to repeat it, which really sucks, but I can still get benefit just from it being sacrificed. Krovacan Horror is three in a black for a 2-2. Two -two. Uh, summon Horror. At the en at end of any turn, if Krovacan Horror is in a graveyard with a summon card directly above it, you may put Krovacan Horror into your hand. And one sacrifice a creature to have Krovacan Horror deal one damage to target creature or player. Again, it's rather unfortunate but Krovican Horror says with a creature directly above it, meaning that you have to maintain the order of your graveyard. Uh, I've discussed this before. I don't like doing running any of these cards because it's simply not worth the hassle in my opinion. But if I'm doing this challenge, there is no point in not running any of these cards. So as annoying as it is to me, I am still going to include it. And the ability is one sacrifice a creature to have Corvican Horror deal one damage to target creature or player. So it's just another sacrifice outlet. Um, it is also a 2-2. Lazatep Reaver is one and a black for a 1-2 creature zombie beast. And when Lazatep Reaver enters the battlefield, a mass one. But a plus one plus one counter on an army you control. If you don't control one, first create a zero zero zombie army creature token. Uh, that is great. Um, I could just make a big boy one turn at a time, one token at a time. Next is Liliana's Shade. Liliana's Shade is two black black for one one. Creature Shade. When Liliana's Shade enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a swamp card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. And Black Liliana's Shade gets plus one plus one until end of turn. It's great. I can get my swamps. I can do it over and over again. And if I want, I can use my black mana to pump up Liliana's Shade and whack someone for a lot of damage. Maggot Carrier. Maggot Carrier is black for a 1-1. When Maggot Carrier comes into play, each player loses a life. That does include you, but hopefully your opponents die first. Uh, Marsh Flitter. Marsh Flitter is three and a black for a 1-1 creature fairy rogue. When Marsh Flitter enters the battlefield, 
put two 1-1 Black Goblin Rogue creature tokens onto the battlefield. Uh, and sacrifice a goblin, Marsh Flitter becomes a 3-3 until end of turn. So, basically I'm just running it because when it enters I get two 1-1s, so I can have it go over and over and over again. Plus, if I, I don't think I have any goblins in this deck because goblins don't tend to be black, but if I do, or somehow my creatures become goblins, in like the most corner case scenario possible, I might be able to sacrifice some creatures. Uh, Mesmeric Fiend is one and a black for one one. When Mesmeric Fiend enters enters the battlefield, the target opponent reveals his or her hand. You ch- and you choose a non-land card from it. Exile that card. When Mesmeric Fiend Fiend leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to its owner's hand. All right. So this is what you do with this card. When it enters the battlefield, you sacrifice it before the enter the battlefield trigger goes off. That way, it dies, it goes to the graveyard, the exiled card is returned to its owner's hand, and then you exile a card. Uh, And the exiled card from after it leaves the battlefield will not be linked to the next creature. Next up is Mirror Sire. Mirror Sire is two for a 1-1 artifact creature Mirror. When Mirror Sire dies, create a 1-1 colorless Mirror artifact creature token. Uh, Noxious Toad is two and a blank for a summoned creature. If Noxious Toad is put into your discard pile from play, your opponent discards, chooses and discards a card from his or her hand. Perilous Mirror. Perilous Mirror is two for a 1-1 artifact creature mirror. When Perilous Mirror dies, it deals two damage to target creature or player. Phyrexian Broodlings. Phyrexian Broodlings is one, black, black for a creature minion, two, two. One, sacrifice a creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on Phyrexian Broodlings. It is just yet another sacrifice outlet. Pilgrim's Eye. Pilgrim's Eye is three for an artifact creature thopter, one one with flying. When Pilgrim's Eye enters the battlefield, you may search a library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Uh, Ravenous Rats is one in a black for creature rat. When Ravenous Rats enters the battlefield, target opponent discards a card. And it is a one one. Returned Reveler is one in a black for creature zombie satyr. When a returned reveler dies, each player puts the top three cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. And it's a 1-3. It's just incidental mill. I mean, maybe you can mill your opponents out. It just does it so quickly. I figured it'd be good to punish that one player um, who just drew 20 cards. Because every single cycle every rotation people are milling 12. 12 is quite a lot and when your opponents don't have cards in hand they uh, their graveyard effects don't work very well uh this deck is just so desperate for win cons that i decided to include it rotting rats is one in a black for one one when rotting rats enters the battlefield each player discards a card that does include me sadly but 
because my opponents have so many discard. I have so many effects, discard effects that will work just on my opponents. I will almost always be ahead. And if I'm not ahead, I will simply stop sacking it and recurring it. Next up, we have Seeker Squire. Seeker Squire is one in a black for one, two. When Seeker Squire enters the battlefield, it explores. Reveal the top card of your library. Put that card into your hand if it's a land. Otherwise, put a plus one, plus one counter on it on this creature. Then put the land card, put the card back or put it in your graveyard. Shambling Goblin. Shambling Goblin is black for a one, one zombie goblin. When Shambling Goblin dies, target creature an opponent controls gets negative one, negative one until end of turn. Uh, skeletal Catharty. Skeletal Catharty is four and a black for a creature bird skeleton with flying. Black, sacrifice a creature, regenerate Skeletal Catharty. Again, another sacrifice outlet. It's very important. Uh, Skurs Dag Flare. Skurs Dag Flare is one and a black for a creature human cleric. Three black tap, sacrifice a human, destroy target creature. Uh, obviously, there are probably some incidental humans but you can also just sacrifice Skur's Dog Flare if you don't have other humans that you would rather sacrifice. Um, and you can just destroy a creature. Six mana each turn, destroy a creature. It's not an amazing engine, but it works. Uh, Skittering Surveyor is three for a one, two artifact creature construct. And when Skittering Surveyor enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Sky Scanner is three for a 1-1 flying copter. When Sky Scanner enters the battlefield, draw a card. It's great being able to recur that over and over again. Sling Gang Lieutenant is three and a black for a 1-1 creature goblin. When Sling Gang Lieutenant enters the battlefield, Create two 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens. Uh, sacrifice a goblin, target player loses one life, and you gain one life. Sparring Construct. Sparring Construct is one for an artifact creature construct. When a Sparring Construct dies, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. So you can just pump up a charade and just go in for the Voltron, I guess. Uh, Tattered Mummy is one in a black creature, Zombie Jackal. When Tattered Mummy dies, each opponent loses two life. Tempting Witch. Tempting Witch is two in a black or a one, three creature, human warlock. When Tempting Witch enters the battlefield, create a food token. And two, tap, sacrifice a food, target player loses three life. Thief of Blood. Thief of Blood is four and a black for 1-1 one, one flying. As Thief of Blood enters the battlefield, remove all counters from all permanents. Thief of Blood enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each counter removed this way. So, first of all, you could kill all Planeswalkers. And then there's just so many other things so many other counters cumulative upkeep oh well that kind of sucks plus one counters negative one counters every single counter is gone and then you just get a plus one plus one counter on it for 
all of those. And you, because it's a 1-1, one, one, it will not, sorry, sadly, it will not die as a 1-1, one, one, so you cannot recur it. It will not get recurred, but it is still an amazing effect. Uh, I just ran into it because it happened to be a 1-1. One, one. And I figured this deck, it, this card is mediocre in every deck, and it's probably not going to be better or worse in any other deck. So I just threw it in. Uh, next, th- next we have Thieving Spires. Thieving Sprite. Thieving Sprite is two and a black for a 1-1 one, one flying. When Thieving Sprite enters the battlefield, target player reveals X cards from his or her hand where X is a number of berries you control. You choose one of those cards, that player discards that card. Uh, because I only have one fairy, that just ends up being target opponent reveals one card and they discard that card. So they just get to choose a card to discard. Uh, but that's still great for two and a black to be able to do that. Uh, but I just did it that way because being able to recur this over and over again is much better than just being able to choose uh, in a, a card in an opponent's hand in a fairy deck. Uh, Thorn of the Black Rose is three and a black for one three. When Throne of the Black Rose enters the battlefield, you become the monarch and it has death touch. So being the monarch means at the beginning of your end step, you draw a card. And if an opponent would deal combat damage to you, they become the monarch. But because of Throne of the Black Rose, I can recur it over and over again, so I'm always the monarch. Sadly though, it returns an end step, so I do not get to stop my opponents from the draw. Because it's active player, non-active player, their triggers would go on the stack would resolve on the stack first. Undercity Necrolisk. Undercity ne- Necrolisk is three and a black for a creature zombie lizard. One, sacrifice another creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on East Undercity Necrolisk. Necrolisk. It gains menace until end of turn. Activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. It really sucks that I cannot activate this at instant speed but this deck is just so hungry for sacrifice outlets and I just can't give it what it wants because it's so limited. So I gave it this, uh, I, on, I need some, some type of a solution for this constant sacrifice outlet struggle, but I just don't know what it is. Uh, Vizier of the Scorpion is two and a black for creature zombie wizard. When Vizier of the Scorpion enters the battlefield, amass one, and zombie creatures you control have Death Touch. Again, I can just make a giant guy. Uh, Wake of Vultures. Wake of Vultures is three and a black for three one flying. One and a black, sacrifice a creature, regenerate Wake of Vultures. Finally, Zulaport Cutthroat. Zulaport Cutthroat is one and a black for a one-one creature's human rogue ally. When Zulaport Cutthroat or another creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So, when every single turn a 
and sacrificing, A, I can sacrifice Zulaport itself and it'll come back. And I'm probably gonna be sacrificing two or three other creatures. So every single turn, each opponent is gonna be losing two to four life, and I'm gonna be gaining two to four life. So that will end the game pretty darn quickly. Uh, that is why I put it in, because this deck needs it. But it is a huge splurge and a huge stretch. Uh, so those are the decks. Um, that deck was pretty conservative and yeah all right so now it is time for card of the week so the card of the week this week is shadow spear shadow spear is one for legendary artifact equipment equipped creature gets plus one plus one and has trample and lifelink one Permanents your opponent's control lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. And it has equipped too. So, alright, so what I'm trying to figure out is the frequency that your opponents will have drawn something with hexproof and indestructible. So what I did was I went on Scryfall, I searched by cards that have, uh, that have, um, indestructible or lifelink and then I, I filtered by EDH rec rank and the higher up the more accurately I measured the number of car of decks it's in so then I took the total number of decks that all of those cards were in uh, obviously some of it was estimated and I came and I added that all together that would be 566 thousand cards were in the EDH rec database uh, that had that say either trample or lifelink. Uh, and I figured out how many cards were on, how many decks were in the EDH rec database. 267,000. So, which was surprising to me. I thought it was more. But either way, uh, that comes out to be roughly. So that means that there's roughly on average two per deck. So on average, each deck should have two cards that say indestructible or hexproof, which by the way, people, you should play more of those. I don't know if there's any playable ones, but you gotta have protection. Um, all right, so I slightly adjusted that number to if it's not removable like i took out a couple of cards on the higher end that simply i wouldn't use a removal spell on so i wouldn't count that because i don't actually get any benefit from it so that comes out to be 167 so six for all of your opponents in their decks by turn five, there's a 40% chance any opponent will draw one, and a 15% chance an opponent will draw more than one. So, if your opponent, there's a 40% chance, 55% chance that your opponent will draw at least one. So your opponent has to draw it, then play it, and you have to have 
some way in which you can profit from being able to remove that hexproof and indestructible. And you have to be able to pay that mana. Honestly, I don't think that ability is particularly helpful. Do not play this card. Do not play Shadow Spear if you would not play it without that ability. That is what I'm trying to tell you. I know it looks fine, but there's a 55% chance that it'll work. No, there's not a 55% chance it'll work. There's a 55% chance any one of your opponents will draw a card that has hexproof or indestructible and that does not equate to working 55% of the time. It will almost never work. It is a very small upside and because it's not perfect, I didn't discount everything that isn't removable. Also, this is even giving it the better, making it look better than it is. So, uh, do not run Shadow Spear if you do not want it, if that ability did not exist. Another quick disclaimer, usually I go over my collection data, but because I don't know when this is going to come out, and because it's probably going to be after another episode, the collection data will not be relevant. You can join my Discord server with the link in the description. You can email me at griffindonut@gmail.com. You can find my personal account on in the description. You can find my Commander Quest Architect account in the description, and you can find me on Reddit again in the description. There's also a website there that I made. Uh, you can also send me voice messages for the tenth time in the description. And there will also be the links of decks or other relevant things that I talked about in the description.